1: We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You heard her. Go subscribe.
1: Welcome to the Snippets of Genius podcast. I'm your hostess, Caroline Kay. Today, I'm joined by an old friend from my first ever job in London. We worked together for a large publishing house in their events department. And since then, he's not only started his own events business, he's took it global. I'm joined today by Chris Cummings, the CEO of Sonos Group, whose Wellbeing Summits host the most successful, influential industry leaders sharing their very own mental health strategies to achieve success. Chris, welcome to the show.
0: Hi Caroline, how are you?
1: I'm so good. Thank you, Chris. It's brilliant to hear your voice. (laughs) You have a very distinctive voice. And one of those always brings a smile to my face, because we had such a giggle when we worked together back in Soho. And uh, I just can't wait to hear what you've been up to.
0: We, we did have lots of giggles, and hopefully we're not going to share any of those stories on the podcast today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you never know.
0: <laughs> it's great to be here.
1: Oh, no, it's lovely, lovely to have you. Look, how long have you been in your role in Sonas Group?
0: Well, I, I started it up seven years ago. So, so I, I guess, I mean, back then when you are a startup and there's just you, it, it's, it's, it seems a bit strange to call yourself a CEO. Now, thankfully, we've grown a lot more. So, so it probably makes sense.
1: So take me back, uh, rewind seven years, <laughs> and tell me what made you decide to start this business?
0: Well, uh, actually, it was, it, it was back in the days when I used to work with you, actually, you know, working in, in events, in, in corporates, organizing events. And, and let's just say I, I didn't feel 100% inspired by some of the subjects that we had to cover at our events. I mean, they were great and, and we did a good job, but, but it didn't feel like a purpose and it didn't feel like a passion. And um, it was actually my partner's anxiety and depression eight years ago that he had a pretty bad experience at work. And it just sort of motivated me really to to explore, you know, what are we doing to look after people Within the workplace, what are we doing to look after mental health, well-being? You know, there's so much evidence there to to suggest that it's great for business. It increases performance. It makes people happy, uh, and obviously, morally, it's the right thing to do. So, so that motivated me. But I left my corporate role and started up this forum in in the UK to to bring leaders together. Uh, and to talk about the importance of well-being, mental health.
1: You made that sound so simple, like okay, I just <laughs> left my role and I just started this company, which is now Global, FYI.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I panicked a lot in those first 12 months. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell us a bit about that journey in that first 12 months. How did you get yourself up and going?
0: It was a, It's a hard slog. Like With any business, when you, when you start from scratch, it, it's a tough gig. Obviously, back then as well, well-being, mental health, wasn't as prominent in in the workplace around the conversation in in the workplace there was lots of celebrities talking about uh, their own mental health but but certainly not something that was it's still quite stigmatized really in in the workplace so there were a few shining lights there were leaders who were willing to talk openly about their own journeys and there were organizations who uh, were very supportive in those in those early days but it was it was a hard slog you know fast forward seven years and a global pandemic and now everyone's talking about it so it it was a bit of a struggle but I think you know it was it was a passion it was a purpose-driven organization that I wanted to create and I think if if you if you demonstrate that from from the early days and you're authentic then I think people buy into that.
1: You talked about your, and I don't know how much detail you want to go into this and feel free to share what you feel comfortable with. But when you said that your partner was going through these challenges, I mean, what effect did that have on you? When I mean, it must have been really tough, I thought.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, it's funny because I've, I've been talking to someone else about this recently. There's, I think there's a lot of focus on people who are having challenges with their mental health I I don't think there's as much focus on the people around them and some people have some pretty challenging and harrowing times I guess I I was fortunate I I mean it didn't have a huge effect on me I, I guess what it did do is it it brought it into the house and I could see this was driven by a workplace situation so for me, I was like, look, you know, Mark has anxiety when, you know, he goes out on a big night out, or, you know, the following day, that can trigger uh, stuff. So, you know, we know how to control that uh, in our own personal lives. But when it's driven by work, then you feel a bit out of control, because you can't do much about that. So uh, I, I guess it just motivated me to say, look, leave your job if yeah. it's really if it's really making you feel like this but we don't want to have a society where people have to leave their jobs every time they get sick um, yeah we've got to create workplaces that are healthier and provide a, a culture that is supportive so oh, absolutely um, did he leave hmm.
1: did Did he end up leaving the job or did he stay he did,
0: stay and he, he, did? He, he did leave yeah Yeah, absolutely. And then at
1: the same time, did you think, right? This is the bit where I'm going to do a startup. (laughs) Just go like you know, the safety of a job, and you're part having a job, and then going, you know what? You're leaving. Stuff it.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Let's let's really put the cat amongst the pigeons. So yeah, I mean, he left and found another job fairly swiftly, and was and is much happier and yeah, that was about the same time that I started this up. So
1: <laughs> Oh I'm glad that he's, and he's happy now, he's in a good place. Good role.
0: Excellent. Yeah, amazing. And and that's he's that that just goes to show, you know, if you if you provide people with a really open, stable culture and healthy workplace, people can thrive. Yeah. So that's what we want. True.
1: And so were you not thriving where you were? Were you like you mentioned that you touched on that a little bit because obviously in mm. the days of us being at Central Media, we were there for a yeah. A long while. How long were you there? Were you there long... you, must, you were longer I, than me. I didn't stay very long. <laughs> I
0: did. I, I did two spells, and it added yeah, up right. to a decade.
1: Oh blimey! Oh which crikey! Is, yeah,
0: which is crikey. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I, I loved it, and I have to say, I've been watching. It's a sin, and it, it's sort of. I don't know whether you've seen that. Um, I haven't it's seen a, that. I'm, I'm going to Google a, it afterwards. It's a new. It's a new TV show on on Channel Four. And it's, it follows five friends in the eighties. Now, I wasn't in Soho in the eighties, but it, it, it sort of, I resonate with it. It's, it, it really, <laughs> it's, it's party central. Um,
1: oh, I, I really want to watch it now.
0: <laughs> and yeah, you know, we were young, we were stupid, we were partying, and the job bit was just the bit in the middle, I guess, to, to pay the rent. I, I never felt inspired. And as you get older, I think, you know, you you start to question exactly what you want to be doing and what direction you want to take. And I took a look at it. I mean, it was around the same time that we'd moved down to Brighton. I was commuting up to London. Oh, it's wasn't a bit of a slog, isn't it? From I Brighton. I mean,
1: it's it's like an hour on the train and yeah. then what? With all a, the connections and stuff. On
0: a... On, a, on a good day, it's an hour, yeah. And so so that was happening and and what happened with Mark was happening and, and it just sort of came together. And I thought, you know what, this this actually feels a lot more me. Yeah. So so yeah, it was it was a culmination of things, really. But I'm not saying I, I didn't enjoy those central days. I loved them. But to be yeah. to be perfectly honest, it was because it was based in Soho and in the heart of everything. And yeah. we had a great bunch of people around us. You know, th- those days of partying are now... Uh, few and far between for me. Um, so...
1: <laughs> for everyone right now, but oh god, yeah. I look back on those days with <laughs> fondness. Yeah, they were they were a lot of fun. And uh, it's fascinating. I love hearing these stories. I, I much prefer it in the pub with a pint in my hand. But um, bring it on one day. God, absolutely. For um, <laughs> you know, the topic of melt. Men- I can't say the word. Uh, <laughs> mental health and well being is is so much more prominent now. It's openly discussed, whereas before it was a little bit behind closed doors. People didn't really voice up when they were struggling or having problems you know even to define it and so say what does mental health mean people can talk about it a lot more openly now um talking about anxiety and um, depression you know all those different symptoms that come up so could you walk us back to when you scoped out who would be your ideal client and how did you go in to open that conversation with somebody you wanted to work with
0: Wow, it was it was a lot of hard work in those early days to be honest. It was really challenging to to find leaders who would speak openly. So what was
1: your question to them? It, it, was it to talk about their own mental health?
0: Yeah, so, so what we wanted to do, I mean, you know, you, you can go to some conferences and listen to PowerPoint presentations all day and fall asleep off your chair by, by <laughs> sort of lunchtime. And, uh, and I used to organise um, <laughs> conferences like <laughs> you that. You were to blame. In, <laughs> I was to blame. But uh, it, it, we wanted to, to turn it on its head, really, and bring that TEDx-style event to the corporate sector. So personal stories, uh, storytelling uh, and uh, bringing that positive light to mental health. So leaders, you know, CEOs, people on the board of organisations who would talk openly about uh, their mental health, but also how successful they are. You know, you walk into a sports shop and you see a Nike shop, as an example, and you see an athlete there. Looking ripped and looking fantastic, and at the peak of their physical health, I wanted to bring that positivity around uh, mental health and say it, it shouldn't yeah. be it shouldn't be an issue um, for employees at, at work. And, and here are some successful leaders who have achieved that. So it was very much sort of getting people to buy into that story, bringing those hugely brave people to to come and share their story, uh, and then start to normalize the conversation around mental health.
1: Okay, i was starting to see why it was so hard. I mean, nobody really puts on their Twitter profile, <laughs> excuse me, frog in the throat. Nobody puts on their Twitter profile that, oh, by the way, I've suffered from mental health, and I've been going through these issues. It's it, it, mm. especially seven years ago, quite a topic that was, you know, behind a thick, dark curtain, you, it was really hard to find that information. So how did you find the the people? How did you even approach that subject?
0: Well, I I guess, you know, if if you put it out there enough to the world about what you're doing, it's amazing what happens and the joys of social media and digital communications. There were also, you know, other organizations starting to do lots of work around this and, you know, some of the big. Banks and the accountancy firms were starting to talk openly about this, but it's amazing what happens when you really visualize that success and that was something that I really wanted to do. I wanted to put it out there and uh, it, the response was incredible actually lots of people coming forward and feeling a similar in a similar way. I think we'd just come off the back of the financial crisis there was a a significant issue within the corporate environment, and I think it's becoming easier to to find beacons within any particular industry.
1: Who was your first beacon?
0: Well, our first speaker at our first event in the UK was a a guy called Jeff McDonald, who was at Unilever and and talked uh, openly about uh, his own journey and had recently at the time become a a mental health campaigner, I guess, Wow. um, uh, off the back of his experience. And someone introduced me to him. Again, you know, <laughs> it was pure chance. We had a call, we hit it off, and and Jeff kindly agreed to open up our, our conference. And, and since then has, has spoken everywhere uh, around the world. So he's he, he's quite a formidable speaker, I have to say.
1: Oh, amazing. And to get such a huge brand name to come in and somebody that was a leader within a wonderful global organization, that that really is a beacon. So well done you. Brilliant. (laughs) And and so I'm going to ask you, and you've sort of touched on it a little bit about those challenging times right in the beginning, but now we've got seven years to span across. Can you tell us what you found some of the most challenging moments of your entrepreneurial journey?
0: (sighs) I would say the last twelve months has been fairly challenging, <laughs> 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 but I don't think that's unusual for, for for most businesses over the last twelve months. I think what have I found challenging? I, I think international expansion is challenging. You know your own home market, and you know you can build up a pretty good network. And back in those good old days when we could meet people for coffee, you know, I would spend. Uh, days up in London, having coffees with lots of different people, and you really build up that, that close knit network. To be able to do that in in the US or Australia, when I'm based in the UK, was was really challenging. Which is why we we ended up expanding the team to serve those local markets. But in the early days, when you're when you're trying to break new markets. Um, and trying to understand different cultures. I think that's quite challenging. And your day can get very long <laughs> with time zone challenges. But it's amazing how collaborative people will be and open to, to new ideas. And uh, I found that really heartwarming, especially in this particular market we're in.
1: Oh, that's lovely to hear. And was there anyone that supported you in those early days to, to figure out how to to scale or to move your business up in a direction and go global?
0: You know, I never had um, any ambition to expand internationally. Originally, that was never my plan. But it just grew organically. And and more and more multinationals were telling their colleagues in in different areas of the world. And and, and that's how it worked, really. And so, yeah, I, I would say, look at your core audience and, and what you're doing net already and, and look at how that they can help your your existing network how they can help that expansion because that it's great to have that you know that network to really expand what you're doing elsewhere
1: yeah and it's fantastic and i'm always advocating the power of your network but you're just taking that the step further when you're growing and scaling the business which is tapping into other people's networks and moving forward with their connections and then really talking about The change and the possibility that your effort, your mission is going to have, the impact you're going to have on the world. And what about that impact that you've had? Have you been able to quantify that? Or how do you talk about the success of your business?
0: (laughs) I tend to move forward at a million miles an hour and not stop and breathe. Um, (laughs) Sometimes not in the right direction, I have to add. Uh, I guess success is when we don't have to try and We don't have to run these events to raise the importance uh, of mental health and well-being in the the workplace. When, When every workplace is healthy, when every employee feels they can speak openly about their own condition, you know, we've made great progress. Some of the regions where we serve, like the Middle East, for example, when we first went there five years ago, it was a real challenge to even mention the words mental health, and now it's, it, it's really developed as a conversation. And I think that's credit to the region uh, and how they've developed. And hopefully we've played a small part in, in developing that conversation. I look forward to the days where, when our event is really to, to showcase how to do it best, how to create a, a truly holistic um, wellbeing programme within your organisations, not why you should do it.
1: Oh, I love that. That is a brilliant quite a goal and aim. And, and you're right, we, we should be there. We should be there now. And it's amazing that we're not. But it's brilliant to know that the world has moved on so much more in this field, and that you've been a huge part of that. And I think that's fantastic. And a small part. I was, uh, oh, Chris, come on, you're multi-countries. <laughs> so tell me, um, what are you most proud of so far? Either that being in this journey as an entrepreneur or of your business, what are you most proud of now?
0: When we first did our, our our first US event, you know, I was sitting there um, in my head singing about if we can make it there, we can make it anywhere. But it was, that sort of, <laughs> it was that sort of moment of, you know, watching HR leaders, business leaders sit in the audience, the light bulb going off and realizing the importance of this. Obviously, you know, the global pandemic over the last 12 months has uh, has made it even more important and brought it to the fore on everyone's mind but certainly really enjoyed those those first events. It's special.
1: I can only imagine. And how would you describe that feeling when you're in that audience and you're watching those, those lights switch on behind the eyes and everybody sort of tuning in? How would you describe how you're feeling? When that's
0: happened Well, panic to begin with, to make sure everything <laughs> everything's working um, <laughs> and uh, and making sure I remember my speech. So that's my initial reaction. I, I guess that there's an element of pride as the day develops and as, you know, more and more attendees come to you and say they love the experience that we've created.
1: So if you were to tell somebody else, and I think in the events world or even any other world where they're wanting to step out of their career and and build their own business, what kind of advice would you offer to them?
0: We're in a turbulent world at the moment and there are lots of opportunities to make some really positive change, I would say. I think there's going to be some, some real developments around the environment and the planet. And I think if you can try and find something that you're really passionate about and can make a positive change, don't even think about the money side of things because that will follow. But, you know, the amount of hard work that has to go into running your own business, the, the thankless tasks that you have to do, if, if you're driven by money, then you'll fall over pretty quickly because that motivation just won't continue. But if you're doing something that you're passionate about uh, and your purpose is really strong uh, and you really want to make that difference, then you will find the energy and the resilience to get through any challenge.
1: Oh, wonderful advice. And I absolutely, um, completely agree wholeheartedly. Everyone needs to get clear on their purpose. You are the story that shows how that can really follow and take you global. So well done you, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you.
0: Lovely to speak to you. Thanks a lot for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to the Snippets of Genius podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help other people find it too, I would really appreciate you taking a moment to rate or leave a review. And if you know someone who wants to start their own business, why not share it? To find out more about how I help people start and scale, visit www.carolynk.co. This
0: podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.